Mesechus Nazar, Perk Zayin, Mishnah Bay 7-2, and now the Mishnah continues on its discussion regarding a Nazar being exposed to corpse tumah, and here in our Mishnah we will define exactly uh, where we've crossed the line that the Nazar becomes tumah and is set back, has to shave his hair, bring carbonus, and start again. So the gist of this Mishnah is more or less the same as Mishnah have elsewhere, like in Oholos, that define when tumah's mace spreads, um, and how. So just so you should know that um, the most potent source of Tumma in the Torah is a corpse, Tumma's mace, and um, although there are seven modes of transmission in the Torah from, for conveying Tumma, um, uh, Maga, the lowest of them, basically applies to all sources of Tumma. Um, there's also Masa, which is not direct contact. Maga is direct contact. You know, your raw skin touches the Tumma source. Um, masa is bearing the weight even without direct contact. So if a person you know, carries a coffin um, or even like, you know, pulls a coffin up by way of a pulley or something, by bearing the weight of the corpse inside, he becomes tummy. That's called masa. And then there's a third way that specifically that is unique to tumas mace as opposed to any other source of tumma, which is called ohel, um, literally tent. Um, tumas ohel um, can be effective. This tumma can be communicated in one of three different ways. Either if the recipient, we'll call him the, the Nazir, is directly over the corpse, or if he's directly under the corpse, or if he's neither over nor under the corpse, but he's under the same roof as the corpse. And Ohel usually, and people think of it, really refers to that third, third version where they're both under the same roof. But the truth is, if he's Ma'ahil, if he goes over or directly, or it goes over him, that also conveys Tuma through Ohel. So now, our mission is going to focus really on the question primarily of... Um, how much of the corpse is required to convey this tumor that sets the Nazir back. And with the small, curious exception, the basic gist is whenever the tumor can convey to an old person they can tell me, like through Ohel, then Ohel will be a problem for the Nazir and so on. So really we're going to define the terms of when, we'll start out by discussing when pieces of a corpse can convey tumor through Ohel, and then we'll talk about some other things where it's a less like, say, just the Etzim Kasora, a little bone fragment the size of a barley corn also can convey tuma, not through ohel, but through direct contact. And if a, kohen, if a nazir would touch the bone fragment, he'd also be set back, etc. Okay, so the mission here says, Al-Elu Tumos HaNazir Megaleach. This is the following list of the tuma sources, which if they convey their tuma to the nazir, then the nazir is set back. He has to shave his hair and start again. The verse is al Hames. On a skeleton, and the truth is, as the mission will enumerate, there numer- you don't need an entire skeleton. You just need a significant portion of the skeleton to convey tuma through ol, being on the same roof, etc. Um, and here, al hames is referring to when you have the majority of the skeleton. And the majority of the skeleton can really be measured in one of two ways. Either it's called rov binion or rov minion. Rov minion means the majority in terms of number. So that means if there are 125 bones that come from a single corpse doesn't matter how small those bones are, they can convey tuma through ohel. Rov binion means the majority of its stature. That means if basically you have um, the lower leg bones and at least one thigh, that's the majority of the height of a person. So if you have that, those bones under the same roof as the nazir, so then the nazir becomes amtame um, and setback, even though the skeleton is not complete. We'll have other portions of the skeleton that can convey tuma through ohel in a moment. 
The Mishnah then says, besides for bones, you also have flesh. If you have flesh from a corpse, even if it's just one olive's bulk of human flesh from a corpse, it conveys summa through ohel, as well as maga and masa, direct contact or indirect contact, bearing its weight. Netzel is like congealed fluids that ooze out of a dead corpse. Um, rather horrible thing to think about, but anyways, the point is if you have a corpse that, that drained in this congealed bit of gel that's a kazayas in volume from the juices and fluids of the corpse that's also going to be conveying tuma through magamasa and ohel val tarvad rakav if you have one ladles full of rakav so first of all when we say ladles full they seem to have had a standard ladle if you will um and that standard ladle is um, basically the volume of of um, like two hands cupped together including the fingers so that's that much of rakav. What's this rekev stuff? So rekev is when you have a decayed corpse, we'll call it the dust. Okay, so it d- decays to like dust, if you will, for lack of a better term. Um, and the dust that originated from a corpse can convey tuma in this volume of a, of a mlo tarvad. Um, for this to actually be effective as a source of tuma, it has to be that the, the, the rekev is pure. So that means that um, rakav means that like there wasn't any admixture of let's say burial shrouds or coffin. So the case has to be where you took this corpse and he was buried, let's say like you know naked on a marble slab. So when it's, it decays and it's just dust, none of the dust is like you know biodegraded wood from the coffin or linen from the burial shrouds, etc. Okay, so if you have a tarvat of rakav, so then it conveys tuma again by ohel. Um, it, just a footnote here, it actually won't convey tuma by maga, by direct contact, because there's no way to touch all the particles of this dust at the same time. So you'd need to have, not maga, but rather a masa bearing its weight, if it's in a container, or, or by ohel. Al-hashidra, a different way you can have a significant portion of a skeleton is the shidra, the spinal column. Um, and the way the bartender learns, like the gears are for us here, it's just the shidra alone is all you need. If you have an entire spinal column missing none of the vertebra, so then um, that conveys tuma through, through uh, ohel. Valha gulgolas, same goes for a, gulgolas is like a cranium. I'll call it a skull for a moment, um, just the bone of the skull, but we're actually talking about just um, the top bone, meaning only that jaw bone down below the mandible doesn't be included in the gulgolas, but the top skull, cranium, the top part, including which includes, you know, the, encases the brain and the, the upper teeth, that skull, gulgolas cranium, so that is um, conveys tuma again. Um, if it's missing even an isar amount, like a small coin missing from the skull, it would not be conveying tuma anymore by ohel. Well, avermenomase, if you have a limb from a corpse, this means the limb here, the aver means that you've got the bone and its flesh and the connective tissue as well, all of that together. So a person loses, you know, you separate a finger or even just like, you know, one joint of the finger, a baby finger of a, you know, newborn baby that died. So the point is, you haven't got a kazayas of flesh, you haven't got the requisite volume of bones, but the point is you have an entire limb, which has significance all to itself as an aver, and since it has the bone, the flesh, sinew all together, that conveys summa through ohel. Val aver menachai shiesha love basar karoi. If you have a limb, again, you need the bone and the flesh, all of it. That was, but the limb was severed from a living human being. But now, of course, the limb is not alive anymore. It's severed. So if it had enough um, bone as well as enough flesh that if it had been attached to a person, 
uh, that's karo'i, it would have healed, meaning there'd be scar tissue, but the point is the limb, the finger would have healed with the scar. So then, even though you're missing a bit of flesh, that limb conveys tumah as aver um, menachai. Then you have valchatsi kav atzamos, a different measurement for the amount of bones required. If you have simply a um, half a kav, in our system here in my Mishnah, I always assume a kav is like a two-liter bottle, for your imagination, a large water bottle, two-liter bottle. Kav is half of that, so you're talking about basically a liter of volume of bones, mixed bones, then you don't need to have rov binyan or rov minyan, just you need to have a whole vol- a liter, what, roughly speaking, of bones. That would convey tumma also by ohel. Valchati lug dam, or half of a lug of dam. A lug, again, in my system, for simplicity's sake, is just to think of it as um, half a liter, 500 cc, like a small you know, soda bottle. So a half a lug would be half of that, or 250 cc, very roughly. 250 cc is like the measure of what we call a cup in the imperial system in America. So um, that would be enough blood to convey tumma to set the, the nazar back. Very interesting. This is the exception to the rule, which is um, normally the rule is that even a revius of dam, a quarter of a lug, I'll call it by our system here, 125 cc, um, but a, a revius is like a kiddush cup, and the sheet is of that already are between like 86 and 150 cc, so there's a range. 125 is none of the sheet is, but it's a good place to keep in your, just to imagine um, for my purposes. So normally the rule is a revius of blood already conveys tumma by ohel being in the, under the same roof, but notwithstanding, there's a halachal moshmisina, which is that the nazir is not set back if he's under the same roof as just merely one revius, and he needs to have two reviuses, meaning a, a, chatzik kav, a chatzik lug, I should say, a half a lug, roughly 500 cc of blood from a corpse. Al maga'an va'al masan va'al ahalan. For all those things we just listed, they convey tumma by means of ohel, and also by, by masa, if you bear the weight carrying it, even without direct contact, and also maga directly contacting any of them. If you put your hands on them directly, they sit on your skin or something like that, then they would convey tumma by maga. Now, the following cannot convey tumma by ohel, but va'al etzem kasaora. If you have a bone fragment, even if that bone is just a fragment of a bone, is the size of a barley corn, which is rather small. Think of like what goes into a chalant, you know, when it's dry. Um, al masao that would convey tuma by maga direct contact or even by bearing its weight. megaleach on those al um, elu on those things are what the nazir has to basically be set back. He shaves his hair. Umaza he has to have the mechatas the spring water mixed with the ashes from the paraduma sprinkled on him with the hyssop branch on days three and day seven. Vesoser esa kodman. And when he becomes tummy through any of the mechanisms that we just listed in the Mishnah before, he loses all of his days that came before, meaning he starts his Nazir's count from scratch from day one again. And he can't start counting again until after he's become Tahor, removing the Tumah from him that he was exposed to. And he brings his Korbanos on that eighth day, meaning the three and day seven, he gets the Mechata sprinkled on him. Again, on day seven in the afternoon, he'll go to the Mikvah. Hair of Shemesh, he's Tahor, and then day eight in the morning, he can come bring his Karbanos. Again, the Karbanos of the Nazir and Tiglachatz Atuma would be these two birds, one is Ola, one is Achatas, either B'nai Yonah or a Tor, and also um, his Asham, this is the Asham for being a Nazir, so and after that, he starts counting all over again.